Hello, everybody, and welcome to Walking Between Shadows. I'm Taryn Elliott, and along with me is my amazing husband. I'm Ben Elliott. And we're here to talk about true crime all the time. Hey, Taryn. Hey, Ben. So we're back with Walking Between Shadows, and this is our fifth true crime episode, and you're going to be telling about Marlena Childress. I am. Yeah, so where's she from? She is from Union City, Tennessee. And is that where all this happened? Yes, it is. Okay. Well, not all of it. You'll see later on down the line it takes place some in Kentucky. Some of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know this was a disappearance, so tell me a little more about it. Tell me about the Marlena Childers case. All right. Well, April the 16th of 1987, it was a beautiful, sunny, warm day in Union City, and Little four-year-old Marlena was playing outside, and her mom, Pam Bailey, was inside doing dishes. About 3.30, Pam heard a screeching, sound like brakes, uh -huh. and looks outside and, and doesn't see Marlena. So her four-year-old's outside by herself. Which is controversial. Okay. Right. But, yeah, I mean, that at this, and that was 1987, but that still seems... Pushing it. Yeah, I wonder if she could even see her. Right. Well, she claimed that she was outside around 3.30 that afternoon. Marlena's mother, Pam Bailey, hears, uh, like, the, the brakes. It sounded like somebody was squealing tires or brakes were screeching. Yeah. And she runs outside and does not see Marlena. First, she thought maybe Marlena was hit mm -hmm. by the car. Mm-hmm but then finds out that Marlena was not there, nowhere to be found. So at 4.15, she goes in and calls the, the uh, Sheriff's Department, I believe, the yeah. Obine County Sheriff's Department. Yeah. Or it could have been the Union City Police Department, maybe both. They show up and take a report, and the search begins. Either way, she dialed 911. She dialed 911. Okay, and so... But we also know that Union City PD and the O'Brien County Sheriff's Office were involved in this investigation at some point. Right. And this was at Easter. This was around Easter. It was warm, you know. So she was outside, you know, with her little, I believe she had like little purple pants, purple and pink pants, and little mm -hmm. short sleeve pink and purple shirt, and had on some little pink jellies. Do you remember yeah. jellies? Yeah, I remember jellies. I mm -hmm. remember my sister having to have some. Yeah, those were the, those were the things. So mm -hmm. that's... Kind of gives us an idea of 1987. Yeah. And so what was the what was the hit music? What was the hit song that year? Nothing's gonna stop us now. Oh. So Pam. Well, wait a minute. I got one more question for you. Yeah. And you may be getting to this, but Pam was there with Marlena, and it was just the two of them. Nobody else was around. Nobody else was in the house. Nobody else was in the house. Now, Pam was remarried. This was her second marriage. And she was married to a man by the name of John Bailey, Johnny yeah. Bailey. Yeah. And he was 24 years old. Pam was 22. So she was a young mother. Marlena yeah. was four. So you're looking at 18, you know, 17, 18 year old mother. Yeah. And, and she was married to Marlena's father. And his name was Kevin Childress. Mm -hmm. And these were, you know, he was still 24. So they were both very young parents. Mm hmm but, but Kevin was still living in the area when all this was going down. I believe Kevin was still in the area, but I don't think he was 
very much present in Marlena's life. Yeah, uninvolved. Right. Okay. And I, I believe that at one point, in the, you know, they even looked into him yeah. and cleared him. So we've gotten to the point where Marlena and her mom are at home and her mom hears these screeching breaks. Mm -hmm. And her immediate thought is maybe the child got run over. When she goes out there, right. she doesn't find the child or any car even. Mm -hmm. She kind of glanced at, at a car, had an idea of what it was. She claims that there was a red beaten up old vehicle out there, a car. Yeah. And when the police came and took the report, her stepson also claimed to see Marlena speaking to a man with Kentucky plates. Yeah. Um, in a red beaten up vehicle. And I don't know where he was at the time. I don't think he was, he, he must have been outside somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then an, an, another man that had a business about two blocks away mm -hmm. claimed that he saw Marlena speaking with a man in a red, old red vehicle. Yeah. But this was two blocks away. Well, you know, there's there's some contentions whether or not somebody could see that far. But, I mean, you go to some of these residential neighborhoods that had these just straight, flat streets. That's a possibility. It's, it's very possible. And, so, and I don't remember that much about Union City. We haven't been to the site where it happened. No. So, it's hard to say. But, I mean, just kind of what I vision is there's these long, straight streets. And, right. You know, maybe you could just step out on the curb and see quite a distance in either direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like two blocks, that would be like standing in front of city hall and looking at somebody in front of the post office. Right. That That's, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, it's not that far. No, no. It's and possible. I'm referencing Trenton. You right. Know, if you're standing in front of city hall at Trenton, you can definitely see down oh, even yeah. past the post yeah, office. Yeah. You can see it. Yeah. Well, so this man and, and Marlena's stepbrother claim that they, they see this man in a red vehicle with Kentucky plates leave with Marlena. Mm -hmm. And time goes, a little time goes by, maybe a week, two weeks, month. But Marlena's mother, Pam, uh, you know, understandably has a pretty much a nervous breakdown mm -hmm. from all this and checks herself into a mental hospital. And checks in with exhaustion and depression, which is understandable. I mean, I can imagine losing a child and not having any idea where that child could be. No. You know, no idea. Yeah, and the, the fran frantic pace that investigators want to start looking for a kid that's missing, I mean, they're probably questioning her every day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... Family usually is the number one suspect yeah. when things like this happen. But, I mean, she was having a mental breakdown, and, and there was a lot of pressure. And during this time, while Pam's in the hospital, there is there were some sightings of Marlena. One was in Memphis, Tennessee. I think that was the first sighting was at a beauty shop, like a beauty salon in Memphis. And a lady, two ladies, one that was about 60 and another that was in her 20s, came in with a uh, six or seven year old boy and a little girl that as soon as I put her in the chair, she started hollering, I want my mother, I want my mommy, I want to go home. Mm -hmm. And the two women, the lady that was cutting her hair was like, you know, what's going on? These women are really trying to console her, Yeah. but you know, maybe they, that's just how they are. 
And then the, the older lady says, Marlena, if you're a good girl, we'll go to the movies. Yeah. So. Now, this story's being told from the perspective of the two stylists. The two stylists okay. that, that witnessed this, these two customers, these four customers that came in. That would have been the boy, the seven, six, seven-year-old boy, Marlena, maybe Marlena, and uh, the six-year-old woman and the 20-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. So they leave, and the lady that was cutting, the stylist that was cutting Marlena's hair, possibly Marlena's hair, goes to the convenience store to get whatever she needed and comes across a picture of Marlena on the front of the newspaper mm-hmm. and reports it to the police. Yeah, immediately. Immediately reports it to the police. Okay. She says that it's a dead ringer. And, you know, this little girl was being called Marlena. Marlena had caps on the, her top teeth and on her bottom teeth mm-hmm. in the front. And she doesn't recall, this lady could not recall whether this little girl had caps on her teeth, which would be something that would probably stand out. Yeah. You yeah. know. But. I mean, essentially, she would have had a mouthful of silver teeth. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you remember kids that, you know, that's. Yeah. 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 So. You know, but she she reports this and her gets a a phone call from Marlena's grandfather. His name was Lowade Strickland, I believe that's his name. Mm-hmm. And he he hires a private investigator as well, and he's looking into this himself. Mm-hmm. And he gets the two stylists and he brings them to Union City because he's been suspecting this waitress over there. You know, there's something going on with this waitress. She she absolutely did not even show up for work the morning that Marlena or the day that Marlena came up missing. So she she's something strange about this this waitress. Mm-hmm. So he brings the two the two stylists in. They sit down and he asks them, "Do you recognize anybody in this in this restaurant?" Yeah. And they look around and no no, and then they see her, and they said, "That's her." Are you sure? So the stylist in Memphis that had supposedly seen Marlena with these two women and younger boy, that's who came to Union City to sit down with Marlena's grandfather. I'm just making sure I understand this. They He invited them to come sit down with him. Yeah. Because of this waitress at the restaurant that he invited them to, he did not point this waitress out. He just said, do you see anybody you recognize? Yeah. And they pointed her, they both pointed her out very positively, pointed mm-hmm. this woman out. Mm-hmm. So then he takes out six or seven photos of little boys and and lays them across the table and says, can you tell me which one of these boys, or, or was one of these boys in the picture, or at the, at the salon with Marlena and these two women? And they pointed out that waitress's son. Hmm. Well, she ended up, this waitress ended up going down to the police department and passing a lot of tetra tests, mm-hmm. no involvement. Mm-hmm. And then began harassing the two stylists, mm-hmm. you know, like calling them nonstop and threatening them. So, 
You so know. he clearly didn't keep that on the down low. I mean, Absolutely he, not. he went to the police and said they've identified this woman as having Marlena. And and this is where I'm confused because he hired a private investigator. So why was he doing the investigating? I'm wondering. I, I, don't I mean, know. maybe he was just very concerned. And Well, he said from the beginning he was very proactive. And very. I mean, he even operated the Marlena hotline. He did. Yeah. So... He was very proud. Maybe the private investigator was up in Kentucky looking. Possibly. Yeah. Because there was, you know. There was, was a Kentucky connection in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. Well, Marlena's mother, Pam, gets out of the mental institution. She was there for about a week, two. Mm-hmm. And she um, confessed to killing Marlena. Um, she confessed to the private investigator. Yeah. And she confessed to the police. What about her dad? Did she confess to him? That I don't know. They didn't specify. Mm. So they go in to charge her for these, you know, for this murder. And she recants her statement. So the story so far is that Marlena, Marlena was taken from the front yard, a vehicle, a red vehicle, a man. And then Pam says that she killed her and threw her body in the Obine River. Mm-hmm. So the search went. They had to drag the river. And that went on for five days, and they found nothing. Mm-hmm. So she recanted her statement, and they let her go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have enough evidence to charge her. There was no body. There was no evidence. I mean, there was nothing. It's like she disappeared. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if it's because she was so mentally strained at that time that it might have been easier for her to think that Marlene was gone. Well, now, she made the statement that she had interviewed with an investigator that was from out of the jurisdiction. Yeah. And he more or less convinced her to confess to it. Right. And I heard, I listened to some of that. Mm-hmm. And there absolutely was zero coercion there. If anything, he was trying to talk her down. You know, are you sure? Yeah. Are you just saying this because that's what you want to hear? You know, that that would be easier? Yeah. And no, this, I threw her in the river. I threw her there. Right. And I had help. From a man by the name of R.L. Summers from Martin, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And he was an older man. And Martin's 20, 30 minutes right. east of Union City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Pam had not had any, like, she hadn't seen this man in years. So what was the connection, though, even from back years ago? Turns out that he molested Pam when she was a child. That's what she claims. So he was a family friend or something at the time? Yeah. And she claims that he helped her dispose of Marlena's body in the Obine River. The police brought him in. And at the time when they brought him in, I'm not sure they knew that he, those accusations about him molesting Pam when she was a child, they knew about yet. Mm -hmm. He he talked to the police and he he seemed very shocked by these allegations. No, no, no part of this. Well, the allegations that he participated in Marlena's disappearance. Right. Yeah. I don't think they confronted him. If they did, they didn't mention they confronted yeah. him about any molestation that he had 
I had done to Pam. So she, he, he goes in and he brings his wife in and, and they have an alibi. So he has a solid alibi. They, the police say it's solid enough to let him go. Mm -hmm. And he's gone. Well, let's fast forward a little bit. And then in 1987, there was a sighting of Marlena too in Alabama. And it was with a family that har that was known for harboring children, which that that's weird to me. I mean, if they're known for harboring children, so a social worker comes. I guess neighbors had called and made some complaints about their parenting skills, mm -hmm. or the the children were not in bad shape. Yeah. And so a social worker shows up at the house of these these children harborers, and um. There's a little girl there, mm -hmm. and she claims to be Marlena Childress. Yeah. And th this is weird. You know, this kind of happened in the Bethany Markowski case, too. You mm -hmm. know, where there was somebody that was portraying to be Bethany Markowski after yeah. she had been inducted. Yeah. So that's something that, but I think that was a little bit older of a child. So, I mean, uh, this with Bethany Markowski, I think. Yeah, she that, was in her late teens when right. that happened. Yeah. And this is, um, Marlena would have only been. Well, four still. I mean, this was the summer. So it would have been a couple months after yeah. she came up missing that yeah. they. So the, the social worker goes and, and checks out Marlena. The little girl claims to be Marlena Childress, but the family that's harboring these kids, their last name is Childress as well. Mm -hmm. No relation. Huge it's coincidence. Very huge. Yeah. And, so, and they were in Anniston, Alabama, which to put kind of a geographic location on that that's that's due west of atlanta i mean mm -hmm. that's pretty deep down into alabama you're you know over halfway the length from north to south down into alabama yeah so several hours of travel to get there from union city yeah so the social worker goes back to the office and she makes a report she knew good and well marlene was missing yeah I and mean, this was a national story national it's huge and so she goes and makes this report and comes back, goes back to the house the next day with the officers she needed to have with her. Mm -hmm. They're gone. They're gone. Like the house has been emptied, gone? Gone. All these kids that they were there and, and Marlena and um, this mother and father. Right. And... The social worker goes one day, mm -hmm. finds it suspicious enough, finds it suspicious enough to go back the next day, and they're gone. They're gone. Slipped through her fingers. Slipped right through her fingers. Wow. The family was located in Florida, though. Mm -hmm. uh, not many, not many days later, mm -hmm. and Marlena was not there. The little girl was gone. Mm -hmm. That. I hope there was a charge there. I mean, why are they, you know, why do they got these kids? Well, I mean, there is this kind of foster child network mm -hmm. where these people have these kids that they take care of and they claim, you know, the for Schmitz. tax purposes. The yeah, Schmitz. the Schmitz here in Trenton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had several kids. It wasn't just two or three. Mm -hmm. And you know they're they're treated like scum, 
Yeah. But yet they're there for tax purposes and to earn money. Get a check. You get a check. Yeah. That's awful. And so I, I kind of think, you know, I've heard rumblings before of this kind of black market trade of kids that for that, for getting those checks, really. Right. And, you know, it's it's not too dissimilar from like the sex 